0: Wherever you go around the world, you'll find a meat pie. It's actually one of the earliest dishes on record, dating to at least 1600 BCE, when it was eaten by the Mesopotamians. In 400 AD, Apicius wrote about meat pasties in his cookbook De la Coquinaria, and meat pies were consumed by Roman kings. The Middle Ages loved the meat pie with the Italian rendition of torte parmesan with parmesan cheese, as well as many English adaptations. The meat pie that's served in Quebec, Canada's predominantly French-speaking population, is a dish rich with history, cultural pride, and some wordplay. In this episode, we're exploring the history and origins of this flaky, savory pastry, the tortiere. Welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love the show, then I humbly ask you to share this podcast with someone you think would love to hear more about the history of Christmas and the foods which shape the holiday we love so much. It's great to hear from the listeners of the podcast and if you want to give me suggestions for future episodes, just email me at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. All the links can be found in the show notes at seasonseatingspodcast.com. The idea of cooking food in a technically edible wrapper goes back to Neolithic times. The Ancient Egyptians get the credit for first using a primitive bread-like pastry bowl to cook in. Eventually, when the Ancient Greek and Egyptian cultures began to mix, the Ancient Greeks followed the Egyptian lead and started to cook similar dishes with their own favorite fillings, like olives. Unsurprisingly, the Romans copied the Greeks and adopted the recipe themselves. A popular pie-like dish, was unfortunately named a placenta. When the Romans conquered most of the world, they brought their recipes with them, and the locals started to remix with their own ingredients. One of the most notable of Roman occupations was of course England. London still has its original Roman walls to this day. As steamed vegetables and meats seemed baked into their DNA, the people of the Isle of Britain embraced the Roman recipe and ran with it. Originally, the English called the dish coffins, not in a morbid way. The word literally means box. The outside pastry crust was made so thick that it could withstand several hours of baking over a fire. So it wasn't made to be eaten, but as more of an early bread bowl. Not only did the crust act as a perfect vessel for cooking, it also helped keep the food inside fresher longer a major bonus in a time without refrigeration. I talk about coffins in my episode about pumpkin pies and their origins. I also mentioned them when I chatted with Craig Kringle on his podcast Weird Christmas and the episode about weird Christmas foods of medieval times. The links to those will be also in the show notes. In today's world, the Aussies prefer the handheld rendition, whereas the Brits go for the mince. But to eat meat pie in Canada is to eat tortieres. These meat pies are the best thing before sliced bread, and before Canada was actually a country. The tortière dates back to when Quebec was a French settlement, with the most popular version originated in the Saguenay-Lac Saint-Jean region. Tortieres is a double-crusted meat pie that is likely named for a shallow pie dish still used for cooking or serving tarts or pies in France. The ground or chopped filling usually includes pork, and is sometimes mixed with other meats including local game such as rabbit, pheasant, or moose. It is famously served as part of Réveillon, a traditional feast enjoyed by Catholic Quebecois after midnight mass on Christmas Eve. Tortillere can be a shallow pie that is filled with pork or other meats, or a many-layered pie that is filled with cube meats and vegetables, which is the way the dish is prepared along the shores of the Saguenay and Lac Saint-Jean. Acadians living in the Maritimes call their version of tortillere by its common name, pâté à viande. Several recipes for tortillere were printed in La Cuisinaire Canadienne in 1840, likely the first French-language cookbook published in Canada. Pork, mutton, veal, potatoes, which came into use in the colony in the 1770s by the way of the British, and chicken all get their own treatment, simmered and spiced before they're enclosed in a sturdy pastry. Whichever meats were used with or without the presence of a potato, sometimes even oats from the Scots as a thickening agent, the spices remained a constant. To this day, most recipes contain at least some combination of cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, and allspice. Oh, and a flaky, buttery crust is a given. That's how far we've come since medieval days. Elizabeth Driver, a culinary historian, notes that the meat would have been traditionally been cut into small pieces with a knife. Many cooks today use ground meat instead, which changes the texture and one's appreciation of the dish, writes Driver. Natalie Cook, editor of What's to Eat, entrees in Canadian food history, suggests that lard would have been the primary fat used in the early days of the colony, when olive oil was expensive and butter was scarce. A flaky, lard crust would probably would have been the norm. Tortillere certainly predates the publication of La Cuisinier Canadienne, and meat pies have been appeared in nearly every culture. For example, samosas or empanadas or a steak and kidney pie. Quebec cookbook author Julian Armstrong suggests that its roots may be traced to a 5th century cookbook that includes a pie called La Patina which was made in a bronze pot with four layers of pastry, the top crust with a hole in the center. Meanwhile, the word tort comes from the Latin slang tortis panis meaning a round of bread. Another creation myth persists in discussions about the dish. That tortiere comes from tort, which also means pigeon. You see passenger pigeons, which went extinct at the end of the 19th century, numbered in the billions at the beginning of the nineteenth century in North America. They were notoriously easy to catch, especially in their nesting grounds at Neil d'Orléans in the Saint Lawrence River, where they were hunted and baked into a pie. Just to confuse you, by sixteen eleven the word tort had come to refer to the pastry containing meat or fish that was baked in a vessel called a tortiere. Such is the way of history has with us. <laughs> Tortillère is actually a derivative of Cipaille, spelled C-I-P-A-I-L-L-E, a traditional British dish known as pie. The history of this dish goes back to at least 1747, when Hannah Glass gave the recipe for a Cheshire pork pie for C, consisting of layers of salt pork, meat, and potatoes. Here it is from her chapter for captains of ships, in the art of cookery made plain and easy. Take some salt pork that has been boiled, cut it into thin slices, an equal quantity of potatoes, pared and sliced thin, make a good crust, cover the dish, lay a layer of meat, season with a little pepper and a layer of potatoes, then a layer of meat and a layer of potatoes, and so on till your pie is full. Season with pepper, and when it is full, lay some butter on top. And fill your dish above half full with soft water. Close your pie up and bake it in a gentle oven. The recipe with a myriad of variations has its first mention in North America in the 1796 cookbook The First American Cookbook by Amelia Simmons pie is a traditional French-Canadian dish hailing from the Gaspésie and is also known in different areas of Quebec as cipât or six pats, literally six doughs. Essentially, it's a large one-pot dinner in a Dutch oven that has up to six layers of meat of different animals, separated by layers of pastry. Think of six meat pies all cooked in one pot, uh, one on top of each other, and you kind of get the idea. We'll talk about how to prepare the CPI after the break. Do you long for those casual Friday nights spent in on the couch, cuddled up with a blanket, maybe some delivery pizza without a care in the world? Then I have the podcast for you. Hey, I am Matt and I am the host of TGI Podcast. As a product of the 1990s, I want to go back and take a look at all of the classic TGIF shows as well as many other classic sitcoms from that era to determine if they truly are a holiday classic. We've got you covered with Halloween and Thanksgiving in the fall before we go full steam ahead with Christmas in December. Come give us a listen if you want to take a trip down 90s Nostalgia Lane. It's Christmas! Hello, this is Adam from Merry Britzmas. I am a Christmas fanatic from the UK who thinks that the world needs to know more about the traditions, telly and music that helps make a British Christmas really festive. I look at everything from mince pies, to Boxing Day, to Wham, to Slade, to the Royal Family, to Doctor Who. If you want to find out more about a British Christmas, or you are British and want a hit of nostalgia, check me out at Merry Britsmas. An happy blooming Christmas to you and all. Originally, sea pie was made with wild game, such as hare, elk, venison, moose, duck, and partridge. They were all readily available, and they would all go into the sea pie along with onions, celery, carrots, and potatoes, and aromatic spices like cinnamon, savory, thyme, and juniper berries, each layer separated by a layer of pastry. The entire dish is topped with a final layer of pastry, and a hole in the middle allows the cook to pour in the stock or water that the sea pie will cook in. Today it's more common to use more readily accessible meats like pork, and beef, and veal, chicken and rabbit, but if you're lucky enough to get a hold of some wild meats, you'll have a sea pie that is truer to its heritage. Furthermore, you don't actually have to make six layers. Two or three is more typical these days. The great thing about this dish is its variety. You can make up to any combination of meats that strikes your fancy. Although if you're making it for the first time, you're probably better starting out simple. One thing certain is that you need to be prepared when making this dish. Prepping and baking the dish can take a couple of days. Although with today's modern conveniences, you could get away with doing everything in one day. You certainly wouldn't get the depth of flavor though. The recipe goes as such. The day before, you remove the bones from the chicken, the rabbits, the turkey, reserve the bones, and cube the meat. Mix the meat, onion, salt, pepper, and savory, and cover. Refrigerate for up to 12 hours. Place bones in a small pot, add one chopped onion, salt, pepper, and cold water to cover, simmer for two hours, strain the stock, and refrigerate until needed. The same day, make the pastry, combining three cups of flour, baking powder, salt. Cut in butter, margarine shortening, or lard. Stir in your milk and mix 30. Divide pastry dough in half. Roll out half the pastry dough on a lightly floured surface and cut into one inch squares. Roll out remaining pastry for top crust. At last, you're ready to make the pie. Fry the salt pork slices in an oven-proof casserole dish. Remove the slices and put a layer of meat in the hot fat and pour in half the stock. Cover with a layer of pastry squares, leaving a little space between the squares. Add remaining meat and pour in the rest of the stock. Completely cover with top crust. Put one or two one-inch wide circles in the center of the top top crust to let the steam out. If you have any leftover crust, put it in the fridge until the final hour of baking. Roll it out, cut it into squares, and bake with a sea pie for at least 10 to 20 minutes. Take the pie and bake it for 400 degrees for 45 minutes, and then reduce the heat for 350 and bake for 5 more hours. Keep an eye on the level of liquid in the casserole. If it seems to be drying out, add water, beef broth, or chicken stock through the hole in the top of the pastry. One thing for certain, though... This dish will be a hit at your next gathering. Thanks to a few hours of slow cooking, your house will be filled with the most tantalizing of aromas when your guests arrive. And all the work will be done, so you can hang out with your guests and not be hidden in the kitchen. Sea pie is a rustic, hearty, and delicious, and will feed the most ravenous of crowds. Served with an obligatory salad and an ice-cold beer, it just might be the perfect dinner for Christmas Eve. Like Sipai, ritual sits at the forefront of tortillere tradition. Many people only make this decadent dish once a year, at Christmas Eve, particularly after Midnight Mass or Réveillon if you're French-Canadian. And it's this time of year when fuel is added to the fire over its preparation. Like many of the traditional Canadian recipes explored, there's no correct recipe. Each family has tweaked their own recipe throughout the generations. Tortières can be traced back to the 1600s, when Quebecois settlers attended Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve and celebrated afterwards with Réveillon, the late-night festive feast fit for a king. One of the great traditions of Christmas in France is the Réveillon Dinner. In some incarnations, it's a dinner that only starts after Midnight Mass, and continues on until the morning, when parents greet their children for opening presents under the tree. Presumably, everyone then goes to bed to sleep away most of Christmas Day. The réveillon literally means Eve, but also refers to the coming of a new day as an extension of the verb réveiller, to wake, a tradition borrowed from Europe. The table will be overflowing with seafood, meat dishes, wine, and luxurious sweets consumed late into the evening. Tortillers was always on the table, and in 17th century Quebec, the pie was traditionally served in a cast iron cauldron and stuffed with cube meats, often the wild game, like rabbit, pheasant, or moose. Four centuries later, the pie remains a staple dish, both at Graveillon and in Québécois households. Although recipes vary, the basic ingredients are the same. A buttery pastry shell is filled with spice meats and vegetables, and then baked until the crust is golden and flaky. But what makes an authentic Québécois tortière? It's a hotly debated topic within the culinary community, with no clear-cut answers or consensus. Along Canada's coast, it's not uncommon to find meat pie made with salmon or trout. In Montreal, it's all about ground pork, beef, or veal baked into a delicate shell, while others in the Saguenay Lac-Saint-Jean lean towards making giant pies stuffed with game meats, enough to feed a family of 20. It's the type of food you'll only find in the winter season, and nowadays, close to Christmas, says Ricardo Lachive, chef and host of the Food Network Canada's Ricardo and Friends. You will do it maybe once a year, a bit like going to the sugar shack, it's a tradition. In Gaspésie, we are making layers of dough, under which we will have either game or meat, and even sometimes potatoes, says Ricardo. The top is crusty and golden brown, where the inside pieces of dough will be soft, as if you are having a dumpling. Virtually every Quebecois family has a recipe. But, regardless of these regional renditions, four spices are almost always included. Cinnamon, cloves, allspice, and nutmeg, which distinguish this meat pie from the others. The pie love knows no boundaries in Canada, with the recipe being constantly replicated and adapted. Some renegade chefs are getting creative in the kitchen, making funky renditions such as bite-sized tortillere, tortiere filo triangles, and tortillere spring rolls, perfect for parties and pairing with condiments like Dijon mustard, chili sauce, and chutney, red pepper jelly or pomegranate jelly. Oh, mon dieu! But despite these playful renditions, Ricardo says tortillere is a relatively rare dish to find on the menus in Quebec and across Canada. As for Ricardo, he often makes his pie with hand-chopped pork instead of minced meat spiced with nutmeg and clove. But no matter which recipe you chose, Ricardo says to expect one thing every time. Be prepared not to sleep for a whole night, he says, because you have to wake up four, five, six times to add broth into the hole on the top of your dough. It's good when it's moist. It will take at least 8 hours to bake slowly. It's a heavy dish, probably 20 pounds. The reason why this particular dish won't be in the hot spot is pretty simple. It takes a lot of time, and it's pretty expensive. There's 6 to 8 pounds of meat in there. It's something unique. It was a country staple food. Rarely will a restaurant do it. The quality of the meat is important. The mighty tortiere isn't filled with any ground meat. Pork, beef, and veal are now typically used in contemporary recipes, but traditionally it was baked with pheasant, rabbit, moose, and even pigeon. Aside from the fine animal fare in the pie, what sets it apart from its meaty counterparts are the spices. But with the change of time comes changes of taste. Even the consistency of the meat has been thoroughly debated. In past times, the cook would chop the meat with a knife. But now most recipes dictate the use of ground pork and beef, so the texture of the tortilla is varied. Even the condiments have a new versus old element. Some families serve theirs with chunky green homemade ketchup, others reach for the hinds. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, Deezer, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please, if you can leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. So send me an email at seasonseatingspodcasts at gmail.com to let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone who loves Christmas would be a big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast, and is greatly appreciated. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day, and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving.